They want me to get rid of my dog. Can they do that? I'm being fined for leaving my garage door open too long. What are covenants? Do I have any rights? Help, I feel like I've left the American Zone. If you want the answers to those questions, join me, Sue Bartholomew, and my guests on The Commons every Saturday from 2 to 3 right here on WBR Fairfax Radio. We'll ask the experts and we'll untangle the truth about what's left of our property rights. On the Commons is a weekly radio show dedicated to discussing the many issues surrounding mandatory membership homeowners associations. Join us as we explore this relatively new world of controlled living, which includes condominiums, cooperatives, and both attached and detached single-family homes. Living in a common ownership development means giving up the American dream. It means giving up your constitutional rights and control over your most valuable asset, your home. Living in a homeowners association means leaving the American zone. This is On the Commons, and I am Shu Bartholomew. I have with me a lady from the southern part of the state, Michelle Germano. Michelle has had a seven-year ordeal, and she's here to tell us about it. And I want you all to just drop what you're doing and sit down and listen, because this is important. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, Thank you, Shu. I, I want to just preface this by saying that your ordeal started off with something called Chinese drywall. What on yes. earth is Chinese drywall? I, I said the same thing when I found out. Back in 2005, when the um, we had Hurricane Katrina, and um, and it, we were also at the housing boom at that time, and and uh, drywall was at a premium. So some of the suppliers in uh, several states went to China or uh, to their distributors and brought in Chinese drywall. Now, to make a long story short, we brought in thousands of um, sheets of Chinese drywall. And we found out um, through illnesses and, and other um, situations that, that I will talk about that Chinese drywall is a toxic product that we have imported from China that emits nerve gases. And um, all of this information that I'm sharing with you right now, my story, Chinese drywall, the toxins that it emits can all be found on your search engines um, just, you know, put in, you can use my name and Chinese drywall, but you can search and find out the levels of toxicity. This is a very, very toxic product. And, Shu, we have also found over the years, now this all started for me back in 2008. That's when I started to really get sick. But we have also found out that other toxic products have come into the United States that have killed animals, you know, the, the pet food, the toys for animals, um, we have found children's jewelry and toys have cadmium, which is a carcinogenic, and lead. And these are all made in China. Um, we have recently, from Indonesia, brought in some um, uh, hardwood floor, uh, I don't know what it's called, laminate floor, that uh, um, one of the, the uh, liquid um, lum lumber liquidators, I think it's called, uh, brought in this um, uh, uh, flooring that has made people sick. So my, my concern, you know, is that we are importing these things from China, and we as American citizens 
have no justice. Our government will not stand up for us. We have taken it, you know, legally, but um, it's been tied up in litigation for seven years now, and we have still only seven homeowners have been paid out of the the um, thousands that that were on the class action suit. So this is a, a problem in itself, and that's why I'm concerned because how many items are we importing? from China that are being placed into our homes that are making us sick, and that's the only way we know that something's wrong. So we are um, importing stuff without knowing what it contains, without vetting correct. it? They, what my understanding, Shu, is that standards were set up by the uh, manufacturer here in the United States. The um, standards, requirements, et cetera, are sent to China. They make the, the product, and it's approved. And then after that, it, you know, there's no quality control. So they can change the formula of whatever they want to. And that's why, you know, the standard that was um, uh, originally sent over to China to make this drywall, it, it, was, it was met in the beginning, but gradually over time changed. And, you know, if you, t- if you think about it, it was a, you know, we were importing, I call it a Chinese gas chamber. It's not a home. It's not a safe place to live. I had 153 sheets of Chinese drywall in my three-story condo that were emitting gases every day and nearly killed me and my dog. I had such severe medical issues. There were times when I'd be paralyzed in bed and couldn't get out. Now, I worked, worked out, and lived in my home. So I was pretty much there 24-7, breathing these fumes. Um, It had high levels of strontium, which is a metal, and um, it had hydrogen sulfide, which it smelled like. People say, well, what does it smell like? It's You know how when you smell at the end of fireworks, you have that sulfur smell? That's the way my house smelled all the time. But, you, you know, your body gets used to it when you're exposed to that kind of thing. But people would come into my home and, and, you know, I'd have candles going, and, and I mean, I, I would clean the walls with OxyClean. Thing, you know, I, I mean, I did everything I could to get the smell out of my house. I didn't know where it was coming from. You know, I was just constantly cleaning. And I had this black dust all over my house, which was actually strontium. It was metal that was being pumped out from the drywall into the HVAC system and then all over my house. So it was a, it was a real man-made disaster that took me two and a half years to find out what it actually was. So you lived you in the me? house. You lived in the house for two and a half years, finding before black. Before I found th- out, before I found out what it was. So um, wait a minute, started, drywall, dry, yeah. Michelle. Drywall is basically cardboard, isn't it? Drywall. It, it, it's um, pretty much. It basically it is. Too, it's it's you know like. A, Hello. She says, so you're telling me that it's, you know, papers, you know, these toxic papers are stuck between, you know, the drywall and sold as, as you know, as drywall. And that's basically, basically what it is. It's toxins that were put into the paper, you know, that's made, that makes the drywall. So is that... It's a composite. You know, it's a composite. But the... Um, are you following? You know, I can't. I don't know what the composite is to drywall, but it's the sheets that. You yeah, know, go no, I, un- I understand, no. but I mean, right. do we have that in all drywall, or is that just the no, Chinese? No, no, no. It's not in all drywall. The American-made drywall 
Um, we have not found that to be a um, you know a major problem across. Yeah, there have been some times when there there are problems, but um, you know we're, the it's the Chinese drywall. It says "Made in China" on it. And that's why I'm, you know, I'm putting up a red flag to everybody. Look at what you are putting on your body. Look at what you are bringing into your house, and find out when you go to buy a a um, home, where do they bring in the goods that, you know, were they American-made goods that they are con- con- constructing these houses in? Because if you find out that there's Chinese products in your house, you are taking a risk. And let me let me assure you, no homeowner associate, no homeowner policy covers toxic products that your house is built with. There is a clause that says pollution exclusion, and anything that pollutes your environment internally will not be covered by homeowners insurance. And that's why I lost my home. I had to walk out of my home because it was live in a gas chamber or walk out and you know and 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 try to try to get your life back. And so I left everything behind when I found out that I was living in a toxic environment. I walked out, I grabbed my dog and I walked out and um I call it my left behind house. I you know, I left everything that I had worked for all of my life. I'm a career woman and um and I'd worked very hard and accumulated some beautiful things. But I will tell you, if it, you know, you're going to choose life or death, and I choose life, man. I was getting out of there because everything in that house had been contaminated with Chinese drywall toxins. How did you know you were being contaminated? How did you know you were getting sick? I well, I, I started get my dog got sick first. She um, she was about five or six years old, and um, I noticed noticed that she became very lethargic, and she was she's a very active dog. And I, you know, I took her in, and she had. They started getting kidney disease. She started showing signs of kidney disease, and had some breathing problems in the house. But I used to work out in my my home. I had a um, personal trainer, so I was very physically active in my house. And I started having some physical issues that became quite debilitating. Now I'm a nurse, you you know that, so I'm not ashamed to talk about some of the things that happened to me physically because you have to understand how uh, how uh, destructive this drywall is. And the first thing I started noticing uh, physically, now there were a lot of things in my house that happened before the physical issues. I had all kinds of things breaking down in a brand new home. Uh, and let me just give you a real quick, one year after I, I moved in, the refrigerator broke down, the HVA system broke down, telephones, radios, um, my my iPhone, you know my my te- te- uh, uh, wireless telephone, my cell phone, um, hair dryers, lamps. Um, I had a Waterford chandelier that was completely destroyed by the the sulfur gases. It just ate up all the electrical, and anything that was silver in your home turned black from the sulfur. So there, I had all of these things going on in my home, and at the same time, all of these things happening to me physically. Now, the first thing that I noticed was that I started having vaginal burning. And um, I went, you know, to the doctor, and, and it, was, it was swollen, inflamed. We didn't really know. And so she gave me some uh, cream, and it had an um, insertion tube. So I would put the medicine, in, you know, in, inside my vaginal canal. I would take the, the tube, wash it 
put it in a Kleenex to dry it to use it the next time. Well, as I used this um, medication, I started having more and more pain. And not to get into all the details, but my whole vaginal canal was burned out because the, the tube that I was using to insert the medication absorbed the sulfur that was in the environment. So I was burning the burn. And so for three and a half years, wow. um, yeah, for a year in the house, and then for another two and a half years outside of the house, I had to use ice packs to ease the pain 24-7. I could not go out of the house or, you know, go to the grocery store or anything like that without an ice pack and a cooler inside my car so that I had changes when I had to go to the drugstore. I mean, I did very little for three and a half years, just the minimum of, of physical activity. And just walking my dog was extremely painful. I would, I would cry every day from the pain. And, you know, we didn't know what was causing it. It was, um, I, I went to four specialists before they finally figured, you know, they gave me a nerve-blocking pill that eventually took the pain away. But I also had pulmonary problems. I couldn't breathe. My eyes were all burned up. It felt like I had glass in my eyes. Every day I would get laryngitis because I, my, my, I work out of my home and I'm on the telephone all the time. And I would lose my voice at 3 o'clock. I would have such neurological and muscular aches and pains that I would be in pain every day. Now, I work for an, an incredible, incredible company called Grayling Associates. I have two bosses, Darren and Jeremy. And they knew me years before. I've worked for them for 14 and a half years. So they knew me about six years before I started having all of these illnesses. And um, so they hung with me. I mean, they they have been the, so supportive, and you know, and and you know, when I have to go to court or you know whatever I'm involved in, they're very supportive of whatever I'm doing. So I, I'm I I am they're like family to me, and I'm I'm I I just love them dearly. But one of the things is they were very concerned about um, you know me taking my life because I not only was in all of this physical pain, I had lost everything that I owned, and um, I went through all of my savings. You know, I was, my friends were terrific. They brought me a mat. I got an apartment. They brought me an air mattress. I was using porch furniture as my living room furniture. Um, I, you know, I was just, I was like living out of a tent. And um, eventually I was able to, you know, rebuild some life. But, you know, my, my bosses were very concerned about me and would check on me constantly. And so my friends, my friends were wonderful. I had, you know, several friends that called me every day to say, are you okay? You're not going to do anything, are you? Now, I have a very strong faith. So, you know, yes, you do get into those times of despair and, you, you know, you do yell at God and say, you know, what is happening here? But I had a very strong faith and, and only by the grace of God am I, you know, here telling you this story. Um, so that, you know, those were some of the physical things that I was going through. And I had four specialists, 30 doctor visits in the three years that I lived in that home. Mm -hmm. And no one could figure out what was wrong with me. And it was a toxic product from China. Are you doing okay now? I'm doing great now, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I, I still have, um, I'm, my, you know, my muscle, I'm still working on, rebuilding my muscle strength and, and all of that, but I'm back to working out again. Um, you know, I'm not as strong as I used to be, but I'm not going to give up. You know, I'm going to keep trying to, um, 
get back in good shape again. I, I mean, not in bad shape, but I used to be in great shape. So I do have a goal, so I'll continue to do that. But one of the things that we talked about, Shu, is that all of these toxic products that are coming into the United States, and so I, I have a nursing background, research background, and I started doing a little bit of research on, you know, when, when did we open up trade, really open the doors up to trade with China? And everyone, everything that I'm telling you, you can Google. My story has been told in the Virginian Pilot. It's a local newspaper here that's been terrific in covering the story, not only mine, but for all of the homeowners in this area. We have about 350 uh, folks on the class action suit that um, was that came out of the Norfolk area. Uh, Richard Serpe is the attorney that led that uh, MDL, which is still in process. But one of the things that I did is I started looking, you know, I thought, gosh, if, if, if this drywall can do this physically to me and change me neurologically um, and, you know, my muscles, et cetera, what else can be changed? You know, and, and so I started doing some research, and I found from 1993 to 2003, and you can search, you know, your, your government um, programs and all to find this out, but from 1993 to 2003, imports from China increased four, 400%. Then I looked at autism because drywall breaks down with heat and moisture, and I started thinking, what else is exposed to heat and moisture that can break down and cause physical diseases? And, you know, I started thinking about children's sippy cups and baby bottles, you know, things they put in their mouth. That's heat and moisture. And so I did some research on autism. Autism from 1993 to 2003 increased 800%. The highest wow. percentage of autism in the world, you know, looking at all countries. So China, wait a minute, 800% yes. is, is worldwide? No, 800% was in the United States. See, we started from, from uh, 1993 to 2003, imports from China in the United States increased 400%. Autism in the United States from 1993 to 2003 increased 800%. Now, I'm not saying the two are connected. I'm just saying, isn't it coincidental that those two things are kind of going tandem? Then I did some research on uh, what country has the highest rate of autism. China does. It's 20%. Who's the second country? The United States. It's 14%. Is there a correlation? I don't know. But that's certainly something that we need to look at at a government level. I did take that information. I was at Capitol Hill to meet with, with um, the senators and the, and the congressmen about the Chinese drywall. And I did take that information uh, to the government um, entities up there about five years ago. And this I don't is in Washington. In Washington, D.C., yes. Uh -huh. I did take that research up there. But, you know, you can do your own research, you know, uh, and I strongly recommend don't take anything that I'm saying as, as you know, the, as, as the gospel. I mean, do your own research. Take time and do your own research and start to study some of these things that are happening to the American people. And, and I can tell you, I know some of it is because of the toxic products that we're bringing in from China. I personally have experienced it. And I'm sure that there might be people lis listening right now that are having some strange things going on with their body, their family, their friends, and they have no idea where the root cause is. Find out what you've brought into your home that could be contaminated.
you got to remember, China is a communist country. I mean, they have very little regard for the for their own people. Why would they want safe products for the United States citizens? It's a question you have to kind of ask yourself. It's, um, I mean, you've given us a lot of food for thought here, Michelle, yes. and yes. I absolutely agree with you that you that you know do your own research. That's this right. is a great starting point, but once you have found out what what you've discovered, for God's sakes, get in touch with your local or with your federal um, representatives. Well, because yeah, they need let me, to know. let me, right, and and let me tell you what I've done because very very little has been done to help us. When I first found out about Chinese drywall, I, I'm not even going to go into what happened to me with the development company and the condo association and all of that. That's a different story. I, I want to just kind of concentrate right now on, on toxic products. When I first found out that my house had Chinese drywall and the developer put me off for two months saying, we're going to take care of it, we're going to take care of it, and the day that they, for two months, and then they turned their back on me on March 31st, 2009, and said, you're on your own. And the very first thing I did was I, you know, I called my boss, my, and, and they said, get out of that house, because they, they had heard me talking about Chinese drywall, because I was doing all this research during those two months that they kept, the developer had told me that they were going to take care of me. But um, the first, you know, person I called was our, our mayor, Paul Frame of Norfolk. And then he put me in touch with the, a former congressman, Randy Wright. I've got to tell you, at the local level, our, my city responded to Chinese, the victims of Chinese drywall. They helped us with uh, getting news coverage. They participated in the news coverage. They had the health department come and take a look at my house. They dropped the personal property tax. They showed a genuine interest. Oh, really? They dropped the they dropped they, the property. They dropped the personal property tax. Yes, they did because they knew that it was a toxic home and, and uninhabitable. So I got a tremendous response from the city of Norfolk. I, I just can't say enough about the city of Norfolk and how they came to the aid of the victims in in Norfolk, Virginia. In fact, we were the first city in the United States to ban Chinese drywall. They had an emergency meeting of the city council, and they banned Chinese drywall, and the supplier had to dump all that drywall. It would no longer be put in homes um, in the Norfolk area. So that, I mean, they just, they move very quickly, and I will forever be grateful and will be singing their praises for a long time. Now, on the state level, that was a little bit different. I uh, made contact, now this is in the state of Virginia, I made contact with Governor Kane. Um, unfortunately, he was on his way out running for Senate, so he had very little interest in what was going on with us. This was back in um, the summer, the spring and summer of 2009, um, and he was elected Senate in, uh, Senator in um, uh, November 2010, so uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, 2009 to start in 2010. Um, I contacted the representatives, Ralph Northam, Paula Miller, Chris Stoley, Jeff McWaters. Um, I, I can't, I mean, uh, I, I contacted the health department. I contacted, over the course of six years, I contacted uh, not only Governor Kane, but uh, Governor McDonald's administration, Governor McAuliffe's administration, and tried for six years to get help for the Chinese drywall people and to get an amendment to the condo association, uh, the condo laws in Virginia, to just say if you have an uninhabitable house, 
and it's been declared uninhabitable, you can't live in it, can't rent it, and can't sell it because of a toxic product, that there should be some type of amendment to the condo laws for a forbearance on the condo law on the uh, con the the uh, condo fee, or to you know to, to reprieve help the people you know help the people, and I could get absolutely nothing passed. I took six <laughs> years, could not get a single thing passed, and after six years, I was finally called by a state representative, and she said, "This is a quote: Quit trying. The condo lobbyists own the condo law." So big surprise, yes. A uh, pardon? Big surprise. Oh, I know. So, so wait a minute, Nor- wait a yeah. minute, Michelle. Northam, yeah. uh, Ralph Northam, also did not do anything. Nothing. He is nothing. a doctor. He's going to be running for governor now. I, mean, I know. He is running I know. For he governor. did nothing. And hey, listen. Do your research. Ask him what he did to help the victims of Chinese drywall, which he had hundreds of them in his district. Ask him. Don't take my word for it. You ask him, what did he do for the victims of Chinese drywall? Yeah, ask him. Okay. And yeah. he's running for governor, yes. Yeah, I get daily emails from him asking for money. Right. right. Well, I, you know, all I can say is a, a situation as, as tragic as what we have gone through, and he had the highest number of constituents in his district with Chinese drywall, and nothing happened. Nothing and he's still today, I had a friend that, uh, another victim that saw him about six months ago and um, approached him, and she was all excited. She said, do you know Ralph Northam? I said, yeah. And she said, he's going to help us. He's going to help us. And I said, <laughs> yeah, let, yeah, yeah. you call me when he helps you. So. <laughs> giggle, 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 giggle. Yeah, giggle. I know. I'm can sorry. You, I'm, can you, know you tell us who, who contacted you and told you? That, I uh, prefer not to disclose that that name. Okay. Uh, that I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that feather in my cap. Okay. Um, because she is, um, you know, she is a a, a a good informant to have. So I'm gonna keep that in my uh, my cap. I did ask her. I said, well, who who runs the condo lobby? You know, and and so she gave me the name of the person. I, I can't recall it right now. Pietro Gianni. Pardon? Pietro Gianni. I think so. I can't. I don't remember. Yeah. It was a. It was a couple years ago when yeah. I started Piet, that. Piet, Piet okay, but um, and then I started looking at who you know who who's on the uh, who are the condo lobbyists. The condo lobbyists are your management companies. You know, all the management companies that run the HOAs and the condo associations. They are the ones that own the condo law. And they have it so well written. And I, I will tell you, I, you know, I've, I've had four attorneys, uh, you know, helping me. Um, and, and the most recent attorney, you know, he told me, he said, you don't even have a right as a homeowner when you are paying full condo fees to even talk to the board. Because I had requested a meeting with the condo board while I was going through all of this. Um, you know, I, I asked, could I, it, can I meet with the, with the board? And do you know that I was refused, even when I was paying full condo fees? I, I've heard of people not being able to contact them, not even knowing who was on the board of their condo or HOA. I right. think that that is wrong. I don't. It's wrong. I don't there believe. There should be full disclosure. Yeah. I don't what believe the, that uh, anybody, I, I don't believe that anything in the law says that you are not allowed to talk to them. Now, the the um, 
attorneys who are part of the condo, by the way, they're also part of this condo the lobby. lobby. Yep. Absolutely. They don't want you talking to the board members because they're so afraid that the board member is going to say something that's going to come right. back to bite them. So they want to, and also they're afraid that they're not going to, they're going to be left out of the loop. They want you to go get an attorney and have the attorney go through them, and yep. therefore they're going to charge everybody, and you end up paying both of their fees. I mean, this is the biggest money grubbing scam. It is. It. I cannot even. I can. I my eyes have been so opened. You know, there's there are so many tentacles to this story. I I could talk for hours, Shoe. But you know, the the just what the condo uh, the power of a condo association. Yeah. There is a really good book that I recommend to anyone. It, it really helped me a lot. Sarah Benson wrote a book called Escaping Condo Jail. You can get it on Amazon. Yeah. And that really does outline the rights of um, homeowners. And that was one of the things that, you know, I said, hey, wait a minute. I'm a homeowner. I, you know, I can, I, can, I, can take a, you know, I can take action against them for um, not meeting their fiduciary responsibilities for the homeowners. I'm a homeowner. I can do that. Um, but try to get somebody. You you can't get an attorney to um, uh, what's the word? I'm, to um, represent you. I mean, you don't. You have no idea how many rep- how many attorneys I talk to. Oh, to represent I know. Me for the con- they won't do it. They don't I, want to mess with them. We, yeah. But the good news is, the good news is that we are starting to get attorneys who are limiting their practice to representing homeowners. We've got one here and one there and another one there, but they're just a handful of them, but they are turning right. around because they were always told and they always believed that there was no money in it. Yeah. And some of yeah. them have been so sickened by what is happening that they have gone ahead and stepped up and said, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to take this on. So we have a handful of them. We have one in mm-hmm. Northern Virginia, John Cowherd, who's, who's limited mm-hmm. that. We have a couple in, in Texas, Bill mm-hmm. Davis, um, David Kahn. We have uh, some in Arizona. So we do have them. They're starting to come on board. Yeah. And that's that's good news. Right. That, that's wonderful news. One of the things I'd like to mention, though, at the state level is there, there's a um, representative by the name of Brenda Pogge, and she was yes. instrumental in introducing legislation to help the Chinese drywall, but it was, be, you know, it was voted down. They couldn't even get it passed. Oh, Brenda, um, Brenda did introduce something? She did introduce something, but it did not pass. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's a plus, but then it also speaks to the representatives that um, the condo lobbyists not only own the condo law, they, they own the representatives. And, and that's the problem that, that I, I mean, I had no idea the power of lobbyists over so much, not yeah. only the condo yeah. laws. I mean, the, the power of the builder, yes. uh, the building uh, Oh, yeah, they're, they're all part and parcel of the same Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Brenda Pokey, before we move on, I just want to say yeah. that Brenda Pokey is a terrific um, advocate for homeowner and individual rights. She is a really great legislator. 
great, great. And we need we need a few more. We need a few more. And um, she she had some great legislation that was just absolutely eviscerated in the past. But she is a good one. She actually got some good laws passed last year. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, send her some money. I did. And now, I that's sure. one thing, too. i got to tell you, I have never donated to, um, you know, any representative running, and I will never do it. Will I go knocking on doors and, and um, ask people to vote for them? Yes. Will I make phone calls? You know, will I volunteer? Yes. But I'm not going to put a dime into anyone's hand. Um, and anyway, as a as a you know as a single constituent, you have no power. If you're not part of a big group, you have no power. Well, and, um, you know, yeah. you you get it will actually listen to you if you do donate a little money. Isn't uh, it sad? It is. It is sad because you're basically buying them. Yeah. And it takes you back to the oldest profession in the world, and uh, you know they're practicing it. Yeah. But, you know what I call it? You know what I call it? And you might want a political prostitution. Yeah, it is. It's exactly that. It is. It's, it's political prostitution. It, it absolutely yeah. is that. But the fact is that they're going up against people who are well-heeled and who yeah. are able to buy the advertising. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, that's where you help out. Now, I don't live the southern part of the state, mm-hmm. but she is one of the, she, she's, she's just a handful Uh, legislators that I will support simply because she is so good and it goes to her campaign and it helps buy ads and it helps keep her in office and and I'm you know we need her there otherwise you end up with the Ralph Northams of the world you know they don't yeah 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 well and and let me yeah let me talk about the federal level because you know we we also you know as a group and individually attempted to tap that that level now this this information is going to be very heartbreaking for anyone that um, you know really feels that the administ- that our current administration has a heart for its people. <laughs> this I know. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, I, I I have to. You know, I I had I I wasn't part of the hope and change, but when all of this happened, I had. Um, the you know the state representatives in the state of Virginia. We had Senator Warner. We had uh, Senator Webb. We had then uh, Sen- uh, Senator uh, Kane that took Senator Webb's place. But I can't say enough about Warner and Webb. They were there from the very beginning. Congressman Glenn Nye, uh, Congressman Scott Rigel, Congressman Randy Forbes, Bobby Scott. Uh, um, uh, Congressman Whitman, they all, I mean, they wrote letters to the president. They wrote letters to the Secretary of State. They wrote letters to the, um, you know, the the uh, health. Um, they wrote letters saying, help our constituents. And we had the president of China came to visit President Obama twice. And I have letters from my representatives explaining the situation to President Obama about Chinese drywall and that there was litigation and to make the president of China responsible to these constituents. I have two letters for the two visits that he came here, and he ignored both of those letters. We have received no help at all from the federal level or the state level to date. Um, Senator Mark Warner, 
has been, I, I cannot tell you, I mean, that he is a saint to me, and he's a hero to me. He stood with me for seven years, um, and he was even quoted in the most recent article, May the uh, 8th, that the Virginian pilot um, put out on, on the closure that I finally received on my deed in lieu. But um, Senator Warner worked with Chase Bank trying to get me a deed in lieu. The condo association blocked it. I, had, I was forced into bankruptcy. They refused to foreclose on my unit twice, which is, it was, is allowable by law. Um, they chose to sue me instead and put me into bankruptcy. But Senator Warner has been with me through this whole thing, writing letters. He even wrote letters to the condo associations, having departments contact them within the federal government to see if there was something they could do to help me deal with this condo association. And um, unfortunately, you know, it, it went nowhere. It wasn't until the story broke September 20th where I got a court order. Um, there was a um, judge, I'm, I'm hoping I can remember his name right, Judge James Matthews, that finally forced the collection agency to have the board talk to me, and it took me six and a half years of litigation. Wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. The judge forced the board to talk to you? Yes. Yes, he did. And what does that say <laughs> about this whole scam? It was What's that? I oh, said, he, what does that say about not, He could not believe it. I started out, you know, I, I started out, um, you know, saying to him, you know, Your Honor, can I have five minutes of the court's time to explain to you why I'm standing in this courtroom for the fifth time on the same issue? And that got his attention. And so he let me explain about Chinese drywall. He let me explain about what they were, um, you know, what they had done suing me, how they refused to foreclose, how they forced me into bankruptcy, how they tied my hands to the deed. I mean, I just went on and on. And the, the collection agency attorney kept saying, I object, I object. And, <laughs> and the judge just kept putting his hand up to hush him up. And he let me go and, and he let me talk and he heard my story and the compassion from that man, I will always, I will all, I mean, from that, from that judge, you know, he, he had, that man had compassion in his heart. He heard my story. And, um, and he looked at that, um, uh, bank, the uh, collection agency attorney, and he pointed at him and he said, you need to resolve this issue. I want a court-ordered mediation. And the, the attorney kept yelling, I want a trial, I want a trial, I want a trial. Well, he got his trial. But we also got the mediation, and so um, we did sit down, and we had that meeting, and I believe that uh, the, the um, I will tell you this, the president of the board that is quoted in the September 20th, 2015 article that the pilot did on this whole fiasco, that president of the board resigned, sold his condo, and moved out of the community. Okay, I want to go back to the condo. Okay. Um, okay. You, how many units in your condo? There are 81 units in the condo. And did they all have Chinese drywall? No, they did not. There were um, the townhomes are the ones that had the drywall. The townhomes were built after the Katrina uh, disaster, and so when I signed my contract in February 2006 to close on my house June 1, my house was the first one that brought in the Chinese drywall. The, it was a four-unit townhome. Um, you can Google it 
on, um, you know, you can Google it on Google, Google Maps and see it. It's 8171 Northview Boulevard, Norfolk, Virginia. Beautiful, beautiful community, beautiful townhome. Um, but when, when, it, when they brought it in, my townhome out of that group of four was the only one that was sold. The other three were never sold because then we had that economic, you know, crash. So I was the only one living in a full, toxic Chinese drywall house. The people across the street had, um, one of the guys across the street had it in his closet. And um, and then another home that had been hit by a nor'easter um, also had it. But they replaced it and, and repaired it because it was minor. It wasn't 153 sheets, you know, three stories. So did anybody um, what, else get sick, Michelle? Yes, yes. Now let me tell you, i got to back up and tell you what happened. All right. On, Janu- on January the 29th, I, I started getting sick in May 2008. January 29th, in the evening, I was watching national news, and there was a breaking story um, about Chinese drywall in Florida and how these people were sick. They couldn't breathe. They um, had muscle aches and pains. They were having nosebleeds. They had rashes. The children were sick. They were getting asthma, et cetera. You know, they just went on. And, and I went, oh, my gosh, that's what I have. I have Chinese drywall because I, all the symptoms that they were talking about, things breaking down, the smell, everything, it was a class book. I mean, classic, just that's, what I, that's what's happening. So I ran to my computer and I researched the rest of the evening and night, and and I I said, this is what I've got. Well, the developer that had bought the development that prior summer, Hennon Group, was out of Florida. Wormer Development was the original uh, developer. They sold it to the Hennon Group. The Hennon Group was out of Florida. They had a project manager by the name of David Daniels that ran Harborwalk. He, um, I went to David Daniels right away and said, this is what I have. And, you know, because I've been telling him. I had a guy by the name of Steve King that lived in my uh, community that had a restoration place, and he tried for over a year to get the smell out. I mean, this guy was so determined. He would bring in machines. He would, you know, we were, we were always trying. He was trying to figure out what this smell was. And so he was just a champ in helping me, and he's still a very dear friend and still helps me the, you know, any way he can. But I went to David Daniels, and David Daniels then went to the Hennon Group, and the Hennon Group says, we're getting out of there, because they knew the disaster it was down in Florida. We didn't know in Virginia. So for two months they stalled me because they were developing an exit strategy. On March the 31st, they pulled out. Now, the two months that I was waiting for them, and I kept going, you know, when are you going to fix my house? Oh, don't worry, we're going to take care of it, we're going to take care of it. He went around telling all the community members not to pay attention to me that I was a crazy lady and that I was making all this stuff up about Chinese drywall because see, it hadn't hit the Virginia papers yet. So he was going around telling everybody that I was crazy. When he told me on March the 31st I was the only person that had it and that they were not going to do anything for me, I remembered seeing at Christmas time a home health care car across the street at one of a young neighbor's house. And so I called him up and I said, um, you know, Jeff, I said, have you been sick? And he goes, yeah. And I said, does your house stink? And he goes, how'd you know? Do you smell it? And I said, (laughs) 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 he was very meticulous and I said, no, but I said, I, w- I need to talk with you. Um, you know, let's get together and talk. And so he was one. 
another couple, Sharon and Dennis, that had bought in my strip. There were four in my strip. They bought the middle unit on the other end. They had just bought the house three months before I knocked on their door and said, have you been sick? Does your house stink? And their answers were yes and yes. Well, I said, please meet me. So we all sat out in my backyard on a Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock, and I explained to them about Chinese drywall. I explained to them how I'd been sick. I explained how I was uh, leaving the community. I, you know, I told them that I'd already gotten in touch with uh, Mayor Frame and Congressman I mean, and uh, Councilman Randy Wright. So I had gotten the ball in motion by that time. So on Saturday at 3 o'clock when I told them, they went to David Daniels and said, do, you know, we think we have Chinese drywall. And he told them, listen, she's crazy. Don't pay attention to her. She's a crazy lady. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And, she, those people lived in their homes several more months before they moved out because they really did believe that I was crazy. I want to go back. You said that there was a class action lawsuit with 350 yep. participants. How, right. And you said something like eight of them were paid? Uh, seven of them were paid. Seven let me back them. up. Let, 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 yep. me, let me ask you, were yep. they made whole? Were they made no, whole? Did they, they get no, all they were money? not made whole. Right, no, they were not about, made whole. Let's talk about that. Yep. Okay. Well, let me, let me go back to part of the reason that I was also ostracized from the community. When I uh, – Mayor Frame told me that he had heard – you know, when I called him back, because he knew nothing about Chinese drywall, I originally called him. And um, and then I, I talked with him again, and he said that he had heard that Richard Serpy was thinking about taking on the class action suit. So I made an appointment with Richard, and I went in, and Richard chose me as the lead plaintiff on the class action suit. So if you want to research that, it's Germano versus Tyshawn Gibson, and that's T-A-I-S-H-A-N Gibson. And so I became the lead plaintiff. I became the advocate. I became the, the face of Chinese drywall. And so that did not please the people in the community. That made them even turn more on me, not, you know, because they had, uh, they had already heard these crazy things about me from the developer, you know, the project manager, plus I was making it all up, plus I was building it out of proportion. Um, and, you know, and then here I am, the lead plaintiff on the, on the class action suit. So what they did was, I am a sing, I'm a divorced female, so you know I don't have children, I don't have family, and so what they did was, out of the Germano versus Tyshawn Gibson, they took a cross section of the norm. You know, wh what were the majority of the people that bought toxic homes made of? And they were couples, they were retiree couples, they were families. So they took a cross section of seven people, and it was called the Germano Seven, and it was the 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 um you know it was a uh, um heard by judge eldon fallon in new orleans a federal judge it was you know a national uh class action suit it was heard by him he ruled against the chinese and these people were uh finally paid after a five-year fight with china saying china saying we're not liable we don't have to listen you know we are not liable under the united states law you know we you can't touch us. So they fought it for five years, and then finally they did pay these homeowners. But what the homeowners got, they were not made whole. What the homeowners received was square footage money to redo the um, their houses or condos or, um, uh, you know, whatever it was. They received that money. And, shoo, i got to tell you this one. This is great. 
We have a um, federal government that provided no aid to us, <laughs> yet these people have to yeah. pay taxes on that at, on that um, uh, judgment. You know that on their. Um, and they have to pay taxes on that on what they got. Yes, they have to pay taxes on what they got to a government that refused to help us. Nice. Yeah, isn't it nice? Very yeah. nice. Right. Very very. So they nice. were not made whole. They had to wait. Um, five. It was actually six years total because the judgment against China was not made until about like a year and a half later. So they did not even get paid until last fall, and then they had to pay taxes on it. So our cases have not even been heard, and China says they're not responsible. You know, to the other three hundred and some homeowners that were not paid. Do you have any hope of getting something out of it? You've lost your home, basically. Oh, I, yeah, I lost my home and, and all of my personal goods in there. I left it all behind. And um, you do, have no. Do I have hope, Shoe? I have so much hope. And um, did I, you know? Did I have hope that I was going to be able to get my name off the deed? Yes. Did I think it was going to take seven years? No. Did I have hope that um, I would be released from all judgments from the condo association? Yes. Did I think it was going to take over seven years? No. Do I have hope that we're going to be uh, finally compensated by the Chinese? Yes. When? That's still the question mark. So is there going to be another lawsuit? No. This lawsuit is still pending. We're just waiting for China to accept responsibility and pay the homeowners. And you have to remember, our president, Obama, is not holding them responsible. He is not holding them accountable, and he is not holding them responsible. We are on our own. And, and no, American citizens need to realize that, that if they buy houses with toxic products, the insurance will not cover it, and your government will not protect you. With, but, you know, our, our Constitution our, you know, was based on the number one thing of protecting the United States citizens. She, we have not been protected. I have not been protected. You haven't. And Michelle, as far as I'm concerned, this is biological warfare. Michelle, I, and I, I totally agree with you. But, Michelle, we've got we've got yeah. about four and a half minutes left, so I want okay. to get something else out. Now, before I am we, sorry. We, this is just such a huge story. It is a huge story, and maybe we'll come back and do part two. But I okay. do want to get to – you told me before we started recording the show, you told me that – uh, Lumber Liquidators has brought in some flooring. So what yep. do people need to be aware of? What do people need to ask? First of okay. all, if they're buying a brand new house, is there Chinese uh, wallboard in there? Second what of they, all, yes. okay, go on. Yeah. What they need to know is where do, were these products, where the, the building products that are installed in their home, they need documentation from the builder of where these products were made. Because if you see a product that has been installed in your house that's from China, you better think twice about buying that house because you are not protected if it breaks down. If you walk into a house and it smells, if you know, if you are, are um, you know, living in a house where things are starting to break down, you know, just, I mean, you know, electrical appliances, your, your, um, your, you know, your electrical gadgets and things, if things are starting to break down, start looking around and, you know, and see where they're, where they're made. Um, you know, lumber liquidators brought in some flooring, I think it was from Indonesia, which is, you know, part of China, and it puts off formaldehyde. You can, you can search, do, you know, 
search it on the internet. And these people, the children, I have, I actually know someone that put that uh, the uh, flooring down in his house. He has two little girls. Those two little girls had never had asthma. Both of them have asthma now. He can't afford to replace it. He can't afford to walk away from it. They all see what happened to me when I walked away from mine. So they're I mean, they sitting there. They turn on you like wolves. They sit, they're sitting there in a house that's basically making them sick. It, it's making them sick, but they feel like they have no recourse but to stay in it. Shu, I think I shared this with you. I went to a town hall meeting of homeowners that had Chinese drywall, and I met a woman that stood up there. She was a active-duty military um, woman, and she stood up and she said, I have been asked to, I asked to go to Afghanistan five times because I feel safer in Afghanistan than I do in my toxic home. She could not move out of her home because she would lose her security clearance because if they went into foreclosure, she would lose her security clearance and then lose her job. So it was better for her health to volunteer to keep going overseas than to live in that toxic home. I don't know what her status is now, but, I mean, that's a heartbreaking story. And the government is aware of this, and they have done absolutely nothing. I am, I, as far as I know, that woman, you know, still has that house, and, and you know, I, I, unless she got out of the military and foreclosed, I don't know her status, but that was a heartbreaking story to hear. And there's more like that. There, you know, people will, will um, they lost animals. People lost their dogs in these houses because the gases hang real low and the dogs are laying on the floor. And, you know, puppies, puppies died and dogs that were two, three, four years old got kidney disease and died. There was a, um, one of the things that we noticed among the homeowners in this area, the men got a particular kind of, of um, kidney cancer that lived in these homes. So there, you know, there are diseases that come out of this. That, you know, we now that the health department didn't tell us that, nor you know did the um, the, the uh, national. You know, no one ever looked at that. It's just communication among the Chinese drywall victims that this information is coming out because we're doing checks and balances among the group, and um, you know, talking about and and the women had there were a lot of vaginal issues and they were afraid to talk about it until I started talking about it and then they quietly told me. I, you know, I'm relieved to hear that you had similar problems. I did, too. And, um, you know, they're afraid to talk about their medical issues. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on and, and telling us about all of this, because otherwise we wouldn't know since our government's right. not doing anything and the mainstream right. media is sort of reluctant to cover it. But I thank you. Good luck, and please keep in touch. And I hope you'll I come back and give us an update one day. I will, Shu. And as you can tell, I'm very passionate about this because I'm not resting. You know, I'm going to the state level and try to get some condo laws changed. I'm going to the federal level to, to do something about these toxic products that are coming into to the United States. So I'm not sitting still. And if there's anyone out there that's listening that can help me in some direction, I would really appreciate it. We'd they love to work with you. Thank, thank okay. you so much. Hey, listen, thank, thank you. Please check out our website at onthecommons.us. On the Commons is produced by OTC Multimedia Productions. Well, I finally bought my dream home to enjoy retirement life. 
I've made new friends and buddies, lots of parties for my wife. It seemed that life was perfect, all my neighbors felt the same. Then along came death by CCRs, life's over, I'm fair game. Those petty rules and regulations, it's enough to make you cry. They're full of woes, no pink flamingos, someone tell us why. Slick managers and lawyers slither close, but they won't tell. Why our dream home should remind us we bought a one-way ticket to hell. Now there's lots of open meetings close to Justice 4HO. Those arrogant board members say what they want you to know. The CAI and ULI will help you lose it all. But I wouldn't sell that dream home yet, the writing's on the wall. Those petty rules and regulations, it's enough to make you cry. They're full of woes, no pink flamingos, someone tell us why. Slick managers and lawyers slither close, but they won't tell. Why our dream home should remind us, we bought a one-way ticket to hell. Well, we're not afraid or stupid, all your threats mean nothing here. Time marches on, soon you'll be gone, united we'll be there. So put your rules and CCRs up where the sun don't shine. And enjoy those precious golden years, stop messing around with mine. Those petty rules and regulations, it's enough to make you cry. They're full of woes, no pink flamingos, someone tell us why. Slick managers and lawyers slither close, but they won't tell. Why our dream home should remind us we bought a one-way ticket to hell. Why our dream home should remind us we bought a one-way ticket to hell.